What up, Nurse Gang? Your girl, APRM Beauty, has finally arrived to the podcast cookout, and there is no turning back now. Take this journey with me of connection, advocacy, and empowerment. From deeper talks and the latest nursing in the news segments you're used to on TikTok, to amazing guests sharing their stories and experiences of struggle and achievement in nursing. Listen, we are in this to have fun. We are in this to support one another because at the end of the day, we are in this together. Let's go. What up, Nurse Gang? So welcome to another episode of We Are In This Together. I am so excited today for my guests. I have this dynamic duo, Sydney and Cam, Dr. Cam. Dr. Cam, first go by Cam, but we're going to give them this just due respect. Dr. Cam is on the podcast today. They're actually husband and wife and Dr. Cam is a plastic surgeon and his wife Sydney is a plastics nurse so what is going on guys not much how are you I'm good I'm good I can't complain how are you Sydney great yeah we just finished clinic so we're excited to be here with you so where do you guys practice at where where's your uh practice so um, our practice is in Houston um in the West University area it's on the corner of Bissonette and Greenbrier. That's where we practice. Okay. And this is one thing that's going to shock everyone about Dr. Cam that makes him so special <laughs> is that Dr. Cam started off as an ICU nurse and went right. back to medical school. So tell me how that journey came about. Yeah, I think, um, well, a lot of my family, I come from a family of nurses. So, um, you know, when they're like, hey, what should I do after college? They're like, hey, like do nursing or, you know, do uh, CRNAs do really well. They pay really well. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do nursing. And then I'm going to, as soon as I graduate, I'm going to go to the ICU, do my time. And then I'm going to apply to CRNA school. And I actually applied to med school at that time. So, um, yeah, I, I was thinking, well, maybe I want to do the surgeries rather than watch them. But um, that was kind of the uh, it's a little circuitous, but I that's how I got there. <laughs> yeah. So you you're going to give some nurses hope out there because everyone thinks the end of the line is CRNA, right? Like that, you know, nurses <laughs> don't think like I can go to med school, but we see that you can do it. Now, how long did it take you? Yeah, I mean, I think med school, I mean, I did, I went to TWU in Houston here, which mm -hmm. is a really great school. And then I think I did something like an accelerated program, you know, got my BSN. And then, you know, I did the ICU for about a year. So that's, you know, about three or four years. And then med school, yeah, that's another four years. And then mm -hmm. my residency in plastic surgery was six years long. So it's starting to get up there, but I, I think I'm 38, <laughs> 39 now. So, um, yeah, it takes some time, but I mean, I, I love what I do and I wouldn't have it any other way. You achieved your goal. So we're going to settle this once and for all now, <laughs> which was harder nursing um, school, doctor no, going on record or medical this is a great school. Question. <laughs> And I get this question a lot, actually. And truth be told, I think nursing school was much more difficult than medical school. So um, I think, yeah, you know, like the tests are very difficult. I think like with nursing, I mean, anyone who's been through nursing, I mean, I guess I have, so I can speak to this, but the tests are, 
very difficult. You have to study a lot. I feel like med school is very straightforward when nursing is like, you have to dig deep for like, what's that next thing you've got to do? It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, so that's why I think nursing school is much more difficult. So, uh, props to all the nurses who have done it. So, um, but I've done both, so I can yes. speak. So I, like I said, I think nursing, I mean, again, med school was tough. Residency is a whole nother kind of level, but um, yeah, in terms of med school versus nursing school, yeah, nursing, nursing school, school is much more difficult. It was difficult. It was difficult. So now, Sydney, so you're a plastics nurse, right? So yeah. I want to kind of get into that. Now, now, how did you two meet? Let's let's get into that. Oh, I I I feel like that meme where it's like, oh my god, I love this question, <laughs> um, because we we get it a lot, and I think that in plastics, it's not uncommon to work with your spouse. It actually yeah. it's pretty common, um, but we actually both of us were living in Dallas, and he was a resident at UT Southwestern in Dallas at the time, and I was working for an associate professor of UT Southwestern. And we actually didn't know each other until we went to a big meeting where the surgeon that I was working for, he actually travels around and teaches live surgeries and lectures. And so I went with him to New Orleans um, for a big plastic surgery meeting. And that's where Cam and I met um, at the convention. Um, And yeah, I mean, we kind of, you know, we, we met there, but then like took a little bit of time and um, reconnected last year and then we got married and now we're having a baby. So yeah. we're really oh, excited. I forgot that part. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sydney is definitely glowing. Congratulations. So <laughs> thank you. Now, Sydney, what were you doing in plastics before you were a nurse? Because you had some, you were doing something interesting before you became a nurse. Yeah. So I, um, I've been in healthcare since high school. Um, I actually went to paramedic school, um, while I was going to TCU for my undergrad, um, really didn't enjoy that too much, but I loved healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always thought, you know, I'll either go to med school or, or I'll go to nursing school. Um, and so I ended up taking some time. Um, I worked in a men's clinic, Mm -hmm. I worked in family practice. Practice, and then ENT, and then I ended up in plastics for um, about five years before I decided, like, I was basically doing everything a nurse was doing at that practice. And so I just decided, you know, I feel like I can do this. I just need, need to go to nursing school. And so I went back and, and finished. And I'm basically doing what I was doing before, but I love plastics. It's so much fun. I get to work with him. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great. Nice. I love that. So you do kind of like what a OR nurse would do. You hand them the tools, et cetera. Is that, is that, are you in the OR with them? Is that what you're doing or? Um, I can be, if I, if I really want to be, that's one of the things we're, we're, we're balancing <laughs> our, our work life kind of thing. Um, yeah. We do have another nurse that works with us, Zoe, shout out to her. She was also a, a former ICU nurse. She's amazing. Um, but so she primarily is in the OR. I circulate um, when she's scrubbing in, um, but I primarily handle all the consultations, helping patients get through that process from start to finish. And I love seeing them post-op. That's really the fun part, really. Uh, when I like my patients awake personally. <laughs> um, so, so I handle all of like the before and after kind of thing. 
Now let's talk about that because, you know, it's really right. There's a lot of so plastic surgery. Like I, I love plastic surgery. Listen, I've had plastic surgery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm putting this out there. I've had plastic surgery. Like I, I love plastic surgery, but I think there's this stigma out there, right? That some women, right. They get plastic surgery and they don't want to let people know they have plastic surgery, right? Cause it's like a stigma, like, Oh, you're not real. You, you know, you, you got your body done, but I want to talk about the confidence, the self-confidence that it really gives women after they get plastic surgery. Now you said you get to see patients right from start to finish. Do you see that change in them? Like when they come in and they're like, Oh, I just, you know, I need a mommy makeover or or whatever it is. You see the difference in women. hundred percent. I mean, it really is. And from, you know, myself, like working in plastics, not only do I get to see the patients go through it, but I've had plastic surgery done so I can really attest to it. And, um, I, before I had, or after I had my first son, um, my breasts, like they were, there was nothing there. Right. <laughs> and then having that, de- like doing a breast augmentation for myself, not for anybody else mm-hmm. was honestly the best decision I ever made for my body. Just, you know, and, and I don't have anything crazy. It's just about like getting what you want and then filling out your clothes and just looking good, feeling good. It is yes. like another level where you just, just less stress. Like you just, you get to wear what you want to. It it really is the best. I personally haven't seen anyone go through plastic surgery and be like, I hate this. I'm so depressed. (laughs) I know that there's people out there that say, Oh, that, you know, that this has made me depressed. I, I can't imagine that if you would were honest with what you were wanting and you had, you went to the right surgeon and had a, a good result that you could possibly be depressed with the body that you asked for. That's just me. I love that. And I'm, I'm pro plastic surgery. So if you're in the Texas area, go get some plastic surgery from the good doc in Sydney. Now, <laughs> so doc, so what's your, I, every plastic surgeon has a thing. It's like you go to this doctor cause he does the good, you know, he gets rid of the fat under your neck. This doctor does the good boobs. What is your thing that you do? And you're like, this is my signature thing. People come to me for this thing. I think, um, cause I did a, a little extra training and I did a fellowship in breasts. So I think basically breast augmentation, breast uh, lifts, things like this reduction are kind of what come very natural. And I love to do them. Um, but I do, I am kind of doing a lot, everything we did a rhino last week. We do rhinoplasty, we do facelift, we do eyelids, we brows, liposuction, tummy tucks, but, um, and I love all those things. Cause I mean, you talk about a confidence boost, like liposuction is, you know, you get, you get a little bit of that fat away and they just get this springboard into that natural, healthy lifestyle. They start losing all this weight they see that, that change in the mirror and it's, it's, it's like life-changing. So, but um, yeah, if I had to say it'd probably be breasts. Probably be breasts. Now, let me fast forward that back. You said eyelids. What, what do you do with the eyelids? Yeah. Eyelid so oh, upper, yeah. Upper blufferplasty, which is called an eyelid lift. You know, um, some women, mostly older women, but some young women have a little bit of excess skin here i probably have some but um yeah a little excess (laughs) skin it's a procedure we do we mostly do it awake like people just do it awake and i know it's i know it's near the eye and people are always like are you sure and people are very calm and it's it's an it's a pretty simple procedure but it really helps with that eyelid skin women come in and say hey like 
my mascara is kind of, you know, caking or, you know, yeah, my makeup yeah. is caking just because you have all that excess skin. So, so upper blepharoplasty is something I offer and that's basically in the office awake. Does it leave a scar? Yeah, it does leave a scar, but it hides in that natural fold you have already. There's a little fold. Everyone has a fold, right? It's not mm -hmm. like it's just straight skin. We hide it kind of in that natural fold when your eyelid opens, it, the, the scar is back there. But yes, if you closed your eye and then took a photo, you would see a very, very faint um, scar. So you would have to be looking for, wow, I didn't even know about the eyelid lifting. You said the brows. What do, what do you guys do with the brows? You lift the brows too? So brow is the same thing. So essentially you have your brow right here. So some women have a descent or kind of a brow ptosis or droopiness. Um, the aesthetic position of like an aesthetic looking brow should be just a little peaked, right? A little bit up there, but some women, their brow kind of sits on the orbital rim. So sometimes women need both. They need the up, they have some skin excess and then they also have brow descent. So sometimes they need one or the other, or they need both. And that for my perspective, there's a lot of different ways to do a brow lift. Yeah. Um, using endo endoscopic, like using cameras. There's sometimes for me, I just make a little incision like that's hidden behind the hairline. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of dissect down, down and then um, uh, pull the skin and uh, lift the brow that way. So, and I do that when awake as well. Wow. See, this plastic surgery is amazing. Now, let's get back to the boobs. Now, okay. a lot of women, a lot of women say, you know, especially women that have larger breasts, right, that might need that lift. It's uh -huh. always been out there about that scar, right, the anchor that you get. Is there is there any way around that? Is there a scarless, but like, is there any way around that? Because what if you're someone that keloids? What do you do with that scar? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think because we get a lot of patients who are like, you know, I want to, they, they want a breast augmentation, but when they come in, I'm like, oh, you have too much excess skin. Mm -hmm. Your nipple and areola are not in a great position. They're kind of lower. They're maybe looking towards the ground. So you don't really want to put an implant alone in patients like that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. The scars are the scars. There's really not a good option um, for like any scarless procedure, unfortunately, to, you know, get the nipple and areola in a better centralized position. Um, because, you know, and, and if a patient keloids, it's, it's just something you really have to talk with the patient and be like, look, um, we can do some things to kind of mitigate that and make sure that that doesn't happen as much as we can. But I would never promise a patient like I'm if you've ever been my clinic I'm just like very open honest with patients and be like look if you keloid somewhere else you could keloid here what we can do is maybe inject a little steroid watch it very closely keep it out of the sun use silicone gel like Sydney's really good at watching everyone's scars and making sure that they're scarring okay and then yeah. um you know crossing our fingers but if a patient does keloid I get a little nervous as well I'm, I'm sure any other plastic surgeon you know, people who want facelifts and say they keloid, um, it's a little bit less chance on the face and on the breast, um, but we do get nervous. I mean, it's a great question. Because it's, it's still out there, right? So medicine hasn't caught up to this scarless breast lift mm -hmm. that everyone wants. So if you no. have the sad puppy dogs, you might just be stuck <laughs> with those. But, right, um, right. So yeah, I, you know, I really wanted to talk about that and 
just plastic surgery and how it can change your life as a woman. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If you can afford to go get plastic surgery, if you want to fix anything on your body, go fix it. Now, Sydney, you really focus on now when you see your patients after they had they've had plastic surgery, of course, they're more confident They're, You know, you can see the difference in them when they come and visit. Right. You're like, yeah, look, she's glowing now. She's not all covered up in a big long. She's feeling herself now. So that's where that's where you come in at. Right. And that that's what brings you the joy in your job. Absolutely. I love seeing patients post-op. We usually see them one day after, one week after, and then at three months. And I love seeing them go through that process of, you know, the first day they're, they've got a lot of questions. And then by the first week out, they're like already ready to, you know, try on new clothes, get new bras. And I love sharing my bra recommendations patients with people. I know that sounds weird, um, <laughs> but I love doing that, helping patients through their, um, you know, minimizing their scars with the scar therapy program we have. And it's just, it really is a fun, I know it's, it's weird to say, oh, I look at breasts every day, but it's fun <laughs> helping patients through for that. And I, I just see it as like another finger. I'm sure he, he does too. It's just <laughs> like, you know, it's not a big deal, but it is, it's really cool seeing patients go through that. Their confidence from day one is through the roof. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. What are your bra recommendations? Who has good <laughs> bras out there? Because we know it's yeah. not these. So what, well, what's your one yeah. wearing? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I really don't care for Victoria's Secret at all. I know that some people are like diehard Victoria's Secret fans, but I don't, I don't care for the way they size their bras. Um, I think it's, it's a little bit more marketing than um, true sizing. Um, So I usually recommend patients going to Amazon because initially they can't wear underwire or push up for the first six weeks. I know. Um, And so I usually tell patients like your breasts are going to change considerably during the first like six weeks to really like three to four months while there's the implants are settling. So don't buy expensive bras. Like I know people want to buy, like go right out and buy the most expensive thing because they're excited, but go to Amazon, get, you know, like a a bralette, something that is comfortable, like go for comfort over, you know, the, the looks of things first. Um, and then spend your money after six weeks, once things are really, they're not so swollen and the implants are setting, settling a little bit more. Okay. I love it. I love it. So you guys heard it here first. Now, um, I really wanted to have you two on my podcast because I think, you know, right now with the state of nursing and healthcare is just so stressful, right? We see, we see all the, all the stressful things going on. And when I heard your story, how you two met, you know, that you used to be a nurse, you love being a nurse, right? You're a happy bubbly nurse. I think that this is the image that people need to see that other nurses need to see that there's hope. You don't have to be stressed out, burnt out, right? Bedside nurse. You could be happy in nursing and living your best life, right? You have other options besides just being a CRNA. That's the, that's the top of the food chain. You can go to med school. So I think because you love being a nurse, right? Sydney, like you said, you wanted to do it. Yeah. You're, you're happy in your role. You really love it. And I think nurse, yeah. nurses probably didn't even know that they can work for a plastic surgeon, you know, and, um, without doing the scrub part. Cause see, I immediately said, so what do you do? You work in the OR with them and you're like, no, this is what I do. So that's something else that nurses could look into. I think this is like a beautiful, harmonious 
success story yeah. of nursing. And I, I just think it's going to give people some hope. That's why I really was chasing you guys down to have you on my podcast. I was like, I gotta, I gotta have you on because I think <laughs> nurses need to see that, that, you know, very uplifting story and you have a successful practice. Now drop the practice again, where, where people can find you guys, drop your socials where people can keep up with you too. Yeah. I'm uh what's my social guy. This, she, she does on my social. Um, at, I think at Cameron Erickson, MD, yeah. I think that's my TikTok as well. Yeah. Uh, and my Instagram and, um, Sydney, do you have an Instagram? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm oh, no. runs mine. I, yeah, I help run his. So TikTok, Instagram, Cameron Erickson, and we're in Houston, Texas. Yeah, and you're in Houston, Texas. What's the name of the practice again? It's Westlake Dermatology is where I work, and it's a really beautiful building on Bissonette in West University. So 2132 Bissonette Street. Um, come by. It's a beautiful building. There's a beautiful restaurant below, and um, it's a really great practice. So. Nice. Go by, go see the good doc, get your boobs done and have some nice meal and Sydney will yeah, right. with the nice bras there. You know, they have an amazing story. And I just want to thank you for being on my podcast today and, you know, shining some light on healthcare. You guys are smiling, bubbly, and this is what healthcare <laughs> needs to see and go get those bodies done. Thanks, <laughs> thank you so much, Sakara. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're not recording anymore, but thank you guys for coming on my podcast. I appreciate you. Yeah. The, yeah thanks for recording. having us. They stopped recording. Thank I can't you wait. so much. I can't wait for this episode to be out and it'll be out Monday. I'm going to, it'll oh, be out cool. Monday. So it's, it's quick. So I will send it to your, um, I'll send it to your email before it goes out. Okay. All yeah, right. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning into another episode of We Are In This Together. Make sure to follow me everywhere at APRM Beauty or click the link in the description. Until next time. Later.